Hello there, Rays fans. This is Dustin, the producer of The Hit Show. Uh, this time we've got a little bit of a special bonus episode. So one of our contributors to DRaysBay.com, Matt Germain, was able to get an Garrett Whitley. So what follows is a very fun and entertaining conversation that Matt had with Garrett. So uh, we'll be back in just a few more days with another awesome episode featuring Danny and Darby. But until then, please enjoy this special episode of The Hit Show. I'm here with Garrett Whitley, and uh, we're going to have a chat, a um, couple of questions about your past. So you went to Niskoyuna in New York. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Um, what were those towns like, and uh, do you go back there often? Is that where you spend your off-seasons? Um, well, I was born in Melrose, Massachusetts, uh, which is uh, near Boston, but I lived in Malden for just my first three years. Um, so I don't really remember it too well, to be honest. Uh, we moved to New York when I was three, my dad's, um, my dad's work. And yeah, it's Misty Una. Um, everybody pronounces that wrong. So yeah. No problem with that. Um, but I love it here. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, it's a kind of a pretty small town, like quiet, I guess, real suburban. Um, Cold in the winter, uh, nice in the summer, good people. Nice four seasons. Um, yeah, yeah. Winter is too long for me. Besides <laughs> that, <laughs> at least you get the head south earlier than most, so that's a that's a good one. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm leaving on uh, Monday or Tuesday next week, and I can't wait. Right, that's a that's an exciting time for sure. Um, so, who introduced you to baseball in that area initially? Um, that'd be my dad, probably. Uh, he never played when he was growing up, but um, was always a fan. So as far back as I can remember, we used to go out in the backyard and, you know, he'd pitch to me or, um, I mean, we would play all kinds of sports, but baseball was always the one that I loved the most. Nice. And that started at around what age? I mean, as soon as I could stand up, I know I was swinging. I've seen <laughs> pictures of myself like two years old trying to hit and stuff so i used to hit cross-wristed like i bat righty but my left hand on top um um i don't know my dad didn't correct me for a little bit he just wanted me to get swinging yeah right um (laughs) and then once i fixed that yeah things it got a little bit better awesome did you uh you mentioned other sports did you play any other sports growing up through uh through school yeah, I did. Um, I played hockey when I was little, little, um, up through sixth grade. And then um, that got to be a little much for me with all the, because I was playing elite, like travel hockey and stuff. So with all the travel involved in that, and you know, being 11 years old, it got kind of a lot. And I wanted to explore some other sports. So I, I stopped doing that and I picked up basketball. And then the year after that, I started football too. Well, that's awesome. I'm a I'm a big uh, hockey fan. I grew up in Montreal initially, so uh, I know uh, the hockey love. Who do you cheer for? Uh, I'm a Bruins guy. You're Bruins, yeah. So big rivalry here for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I can hear it in your voice a little bit now. I didn't realize that. <laughs> that's all good. <laughs> that's awesome. Though. 
Um, so who do you credit for getting you as far as you did? So obviously being like, like you were just saying, you're, you're playing hockey, you're playing all these sports, you're in the Northeast. So the seasons are a little bit shorter when it comes to baseball. Uh, who do you credit with getting you to be good enough to be noticed by the right scouts in that area? Um, well, I mean, I always, I always credit my dad that just, I mean, both my parents really for, um, you know, teaching me that you always have to work for, for what you're getting, you know, like I, I loved baseball. So playing and practicing was never, never work for me per se. Right. Um, And that's important for sure. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I have a little brother, um, I have a little sister too, but my brother and I would always go out and play. Um, we'd play wiffle ball in the backyard or play catch. Um, every time I had friends over, I was at a friend's place. We were always like playing pickle or doing something baseball related. So, um, you know, I just, I just always loved to play. And then once I got older and it started to be become more, like more competitive, I was always playing competitively, but at like high school level competitive and stuff. Um, you know, my parents had instilled that work ethic in me, kind of that, you know, if you want to, if you have high aspirations in this game, you, you have to work harder than anyone else. Exactly. The, the, the time you guys put in is, is significant. So if you don't love it, you're probably not going to make it to the level you need to be for sure. Yeah, exactly. It'd be tough to put in this much work. And, you know, if, if this wasn't something that you really enjoyed doing exactly. every day. So now I'm going to skip through the, the the draft area. You got drafted by the Rays. You're excited, excitable. Everybody's kind of um, uh, looking forward to seeing you, and they know that you're out of a cold area state, and that you know the the process for for getting you the bats that you need all the way through is going to be lengthy. So you go through the uh, the initial seasons and the short season, and you do well there. Uh, you walk into 2017, and that's the first season that you uh, managed over 100 games. Um, what what impact did that have on you physically in terms of of the the difference in playing time and and the wear and tear aspect? Um, well, obviously, like you said, playing a hundred games, a hundred. I think I played a hundred ten this year, um, something like that. Uh, it, I mean, it is a grind. Everyone always talks about the grind, and, right? Um, you know, you have a you have a bad day, and you have to wake up tomorrow and do the same thing. Uh, you have a good day, and you have to make sure that you don't come in, um, you know, with your head pumped up too much the next day because you have another uh, challenge ahead of you. And, you know, like you get banged up a little bit, and you know that's that's not any reason to be missing any time the next day. And you're gonna have to go out and uh, uh, you know learn to deal with that and still perform at a high level. Um, right. Right. So I mean, it's it's just kind of like you get in the group of things and. Um, like I said, I mean, you love what you do and you just go out and play. Um, sometimes, like, early work and that kind of stuff, your body will be tired. Um, like, especially once you get into, like, late July and August and stuff. But yeah, exactly. For me, at least, for me, once the, once the game came around and the adrenaline was pumping a little bit, I was usually feeling pretty good. That's good. So now you've had that under your belt. You have that experience. Uh, what changes have you made to your workouts, if any, to, to kind of okay say, okay, I've, I managed that much in the first season. And now I know how I felt through that season. Have you made any significant changes to your workouts? Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say 
I've made too many changes now. Um, I was in Australia this winter, and yeah. uh, I started working with a trainer out there who the team set us up with, and he's a real good guy, um, Rich Daly. Uh, he knows what he's talking about. And, um, I liked the workouts that he was putting us through and stuff, but I felt like my body held up pretty well last year. Um, you know, we got to the end of the season, and I was still feeling like I could play another 30 games, 40 games. Right, and like I was going to mention that, too, because you did go to Australia, which kind of points to that, right? It says that you had the energy and the wherewithal to kind of say, okay, well, I can take this opportunity to get more at-bats even and uh, enjoy the experience. Who made that suggestion to go to Australia first? Um, well, I, I had been bringing it up because um, I know I knew going into this season that um, they like to send guys over there and they like to send them especially out of Bowling Green. Um, so I knew that, you know, it seemed like a great opportunity and uh, a once in a lifetime type thing potentially. So I was asking questions about it early in the year and then um, we got well, later in the season. And, uh, yeah, one day my manager came in and told me I was going to Australia. I was like, okay, cool. Awesome. So you head out over there and uh, you, you set up in Perth. Now, Perth is uh, is not exactly right in, in Sydney. It's a little bit of a ways away. Um, how was it settling in there and, and who helped you get settled in? Or was the Perth Heat involved or the ABL? Yeah, the Heat... Um, Perth, he helped a lot there, general manager, um, Lachlan Dale. He was great with everything. Um, you know, like we got there, it was, there was four players, me, Mike Brasso, Zach Law, Jake Braley, and um, a coach, Greg Albernaz, who went over there. And Baki was uh, just amazing with everything we needed because obviously it's a big cultural change. Um, well, I wouldn't say big, they're pretty similar to to the States, but there's a lot of things that are different that we didn't know about. And, um, we had to get set up with our apartments and cars and, um, our phones and all that kind of stuff. And, um, just right. anything we ever needed, Lachlan was there to help us out. Um, and it helped too, that we went over there. There were the five Rays people that went over there together. Um, right. Exactly. Cause we had to put a lean on. And, so how, um, how did you find, um, uh, uh the the season that you had, you managed. Uh, I, I was just looking through your stats. You had uh, thirty. I watched a lot of the games as well um, on Twitter, which is kind of nice that they they broadcast uh, on there. Um, so thirty walks, forty four strikeouts. You had nineteen eight, uh, extra base hits and one hundred fifty five at bats, and and you put up a solid uh, eight eighty seven OPS. Do you think that the experience there, you were you were kind of working on things as you were going through it, or were you just basically getting at bats and, and keeping yourself uh, gaining experience? I was definitely working on a lot of things. Um, I was, I mean, statistically, I didn't quite have the type of winter I would have liked, but um, I look at it as uh, a success in in honestly the struggle that I did go through a little bit because that helped me find some places with my my swing and um, myself that that I do like now and I think you know I'm glad that I went through that in the winter rather than um, in the summer you know when I'm playing over here yeah that's huge now I feel like yeah exactly 
exactly. I feel like I'm in a much better place to go into spring training this year than if I had, you know, showed up to spring training the way that I showed up to Australia, which obviously I was prepared and I was ready, but, you know, there were just some things with my swing that um, definitely needed to change. And, uh, can, you know, can you point um, us out a, a specific thing that you found in your swing that you kind of uh, tweaked a little bit? Well, I changed my stance last year. Um, started to start my my hands on my shoulder instead of up. And um, for one reason or another, they wound up in the, the wrong spot where I was starting when I got to um, to Perth, which like is pretty annoying, to be honest with you. Um, just because, I mean, I was going down there. I wanted to, I wanted to have it be, you know, working on stuff, but mostly just to get more at-bats, and it wound up being more working on stuff than anything else. Um, but, yeah, I had to just find find the right spot with my hands again, and, um, I don't know, just kind of keep everything working together the way that I wanted to, um, which it wasn't doing at the beginning of the ABL season. No. But now, like I said, I feel like I made strides, and, um, you know, I know what things to feel for in the box if I'm not feeling great. And, uh, I just, I know some of the things that I'll tend to do if I'm going bad and that knowledge is really helpful, um, in making adjustments in game or even pitch to pitch, uh, so that I'm not making those same mistakes over and over again. Right. That's, that's huge for sure. That's going to help you out for sure in, in 2018. And then, uh, hopefully the, uh, the coaches that work with you this year will uh, will will point to that as being a. But if we look at this the the system and and who you played with in 2017, uh, what are your thoughts on playing alongside guys like Jesus Sanchez and um, Josh Lowe? I mean, they're 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 not your. Uh, you're low down prospects. They're they're also like you, where you're you're prominent in the system. So, uh, what was it like working with them in 2017, and what do you anticipate that going forward with them? Um, you know, it's always great to play with guys like that um, because they're they're great players, and um, especially all of us being in the outfield together, there's kind of a friendship, little rivalry at the same time. Because I mean, like we all play the same position. You wanna you wanna beat your friends. Right. Um, so you kind of you push each other on the field and then you go hang out off the field and um, both of them are really good dudes obviously there's a little bit of a language barrier um, with Sanchi but um, he's still a great guy and then yeah like me and Josh would hang out um, off the field like just in the hotel or wherever and then you go out and you can um, you get to the field and you can learn stuff from these people and kind of push each other and um, teach each other things and um, it's great to uh, I don't know yeah, just to it's always a, play with yeah it's a lot of fun when the, the, the guys you're playing with are also your competition but they're also the guys that help you out that's definitely a plus uh, to have on your side um, yeah definitely to have, to have people good guys like that like we have we in the Rays in general have a really good organization with that, but talking specifically about those two guys and the rest of the guys I played with in BG last year. Right. Just a great group of guys who can like to hang out with and, uh, and learn from and, and that kind of thing. That's awesome. So in, 
Um, in two, the last two years, you, you, one of the aspects of your game that it seems to us from the outside looking in that you probably don't have to work on very much, but that you're very efficient and effective in is stealing bases. So you've got uh, two seasons behind you, 21 stolen bases each season, which is uh, an odd coincidence, but five caught stealing in 2016, four caught stealing in 2017. Who works with you on that skill, and is it something you're still working to develop over time, or do you kind of concentrate on the hitting aspect right now? Um, our base running coordinator named Skeeter Barnes, um, and he works with us a lot on our jumps and our leads from first base and that kind of thing um it's definitely something that i still work on um because every aspect of your game can always get better um great so <laughs> yeah i mean i definitely put put thought into it and put work into it um and then also too you work with guys like i played with jake Fraley in australia and i've been friends with him since uh we played together in Hudson Valley, and that dude is an exceptional base dealer. So, learning the stuff from him and getting to watch him too helps for sure. Yeah, watching the uh, the games on the uh, on Twitter and the ABL, he put up an incredible season. And uh, uh, the I know that the Perth Heat were using the "No One Faster Than Freely" hashtag. And uh, well, what are your thoughts on his season and what he was able to accomplish there? He had a great year, man. Um, it was just the kind of thing that was really fun to watch. Even when he slumped, he still was hitting like 340. So it was just like that dude just hit everything hard. He, he'd get on base, he'd steal second, he'd steal third. And it was like, I don't know, it's Almost just a real good defender. Yeah, and I was really happy to see it for him too because he had a tough season um, in the States this year with his injuries and stuff. So... Like, I was really glad that he could go out there and just, you know, show everybody, like, yeah, this is what I can do. I'm a baller. And now hopefully take that into the season over here, too, and keep it rolling. Yeah, for sure. He, he had a great year. I know that. Um, so do you, would you recommend the, the ABL uh, experience to everyone? Yeah, I would. I had a great time out there, man. Australia is an amazing country. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I know at least, Perth Heat is a great organization. The players are amazing. Um, the front office takes care of us. And, um, I mean, Perth is an incredible city. There's a lot to do. It's beautiful every day. Um, I just, I, you know, how many people are going to have an opportunity to go out to Australia, right? Especially to live there for three months. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad that I went. That, that's awesome to hear. That's awesome to hear, and we'll definitely, hopefully, uh, some prospects that are coming up behind you will take up that opportunity when it comes around. I know it helped Justin Williams out a lot earlier. I think Kevin Kiermaier went through there, so uh, there's a lot of prominent guys that have uh, have gone through and benefited from it for sure. Uh, so hopefully that relationship between the Rays and the ABL continues. I know it's still a young league as well, so it's probably getting better. So. Going into the, the the kind of funner things, um, when you when you joined the Rays and and since then, as you've been part of the organization, have any have you run into any of the uh, the players on the roster, and have any of them really marked you and, and helped you out along the way with some uh, some advice? On the big league roster, you mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, um, yeah, you definitely run into them because in Port Charlotte, um, during spring training, we're all on the same exactly. Um, like they, I mean, they have their side and we have our side, but we share a um, a weight room. And yeah, you definitely see them. One of the big guys to me, um, which probably isn't surprising, but is Chris Archer. Um, that guy, since the day I got drafted, he, you know, he's the face of the Rays and um, he's in the media all the time and really well-spoken dude, like, likes the camera and you could see how potentially that could can make somebody's head get big and he's the furthest from that. Like, when I got drafted, I was an 18-year-old coming out of New York who, you know, showed up to Florida and had done nothing for the Rays yet and um, he came up to me and introduced himself and um, we had a conversation and then just like the thing that I remember the thing that really impresses on me is that I didn't really see him um, until next the next spring training I guess I don't really remember why I saw him uh, in the first place but mm. I didn't see him until the next spring training and he remembered my name he remembered who I was and he came up to me and said what's up and you know that's not something that um a lot of people in his position might do but just to have like someone like him come down and um you know just just be a good guy and he'll he'll talk to us and um you know give you some advice you can pick his brain and um, he's always you know open for a conversation and um fun to be around um he's definitely one That's awesome to hear because he's still around. Number one, that's that's important, and uh, also I I completely agree. Every time you hear him speak, he seems like a really genuine person, and he seems to be aware that any small thing that he does in a positive way can impact everyone. and And your example kind of points to that perfectly. It's it's amazing how uh, how one person on the franchise can have that much of an impact. So yeah, for sure, it's good that he's sticking around for a while. Um, now, get, getting into the uh, the fun aspects of things, uh, or uh, so if, if you were to wind down, let's say you got an off day, you got time to yourself. What is it that Garrett Whitley does uh, to kind of relax and and do his own thing? Um, I play a lot of two K, man. I love NBA two K eighteen right now. Um, but besides that, well. During the season, it's big because if I have an off day, I don't really like to do stuff because you don't have too much just time to relax. So, yeah, I'll do that and watch Netflix. And um, if I have a good book, I like to read. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of like hang out and like hang out with the guys and stuff, really. Or right. What I'll do, I'm not a big, like, yeah, excursion guy, like a beach or hiking or hunting. Like those, I'm not really a big guy for that. So you're not going in the woods with Brand Honeywell anytime soon, or uh, Hunter Wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that's all right though. That's you know, everybody has their own thing, and that's why we ask. It's kind of interesting to see how uh, how everybody plans their off days. Um, so it, look, looking at. Uh, uh, your season coming up. Well, what's your walk-up song been, and what is it going to be for 2018? And if you get to the show, what would it be then? Uh, my 
I definitely can't answer you the one for the show because you're going to keep mean, that a secret. Each season, is, yeah. Each season is individual. I couldn't even tell you the one for this year. I might use the same as last year, um, but you, that's going to be uh, a thought for my drive down to spring training when I can just be bumping in the car and twenty hours down, and I got then I'll figure it out. But last year, I used. Uh, it's called New Ways by Quinn92. Nice. Um, That's a good one. He, yeah. That's, um, yeah. That's what I Awesome. So uh, when you do get to the show, hopefully, uh, and you cross your fingers that, that it happens for you, um, the, the number that you would select and the one that you've been wearing so far, is there a special meaning behind it? Is there one that you would ask for that you know you can get? Um, I definitely ask for number 24 if it's available. Um, that's what I've been wearing too. And that's just, uh, I grew up watching Manny Ramirez. Like, so I was a Red Sox fan. Right. Um, and I mean, still to this day, I think he's got the sweetest right-handed swing I've ever seen. Uh, it's and pretty amazing. I idolize that dude. Like, uh, like I, I mean, like I said, I was born in the Boston area, and all my family's Red Sox fans. So, um, in like 2003, 2004, when they won in 2004, and it was uh, Ortiz batting third, Manny batting fourth. I just loved watching Manny. <laughs> yeah, there's so, a lot of reasons to go to the park then, for sure. I'd, yeah, absolutely. I'd say on the East Coast, you had uh, Manny Ramirez's swing, and on the West Coast, you had Ken Griffey for a while. So th- those are pretty amazing swings. Last question I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, and I'll let you go, and I'll thank you for your time in, in advance. Um, if if you were to pattern yourself a, after a major league or have a kind of a, a way that you – a person playing right now that you see as as kind of the model baseball player that you'd like to become down the road is there one in particular that stands out yeah um in high school and now i guess i always uh i mean obviously as an outfielder you love watching mike trout and um <laughs> that's a pretty good i always love andrew McCutcheon. oh nice Just, yeah yeah these two guys um Speed, power, their game, and uh, you know, natural center fielders. Um, those are those are definitely two guys who it, I would love to you know be able to say that I play like. Nice. Those are you know I'm not surprised by the first because I think if you ask an outfielder nowadays, the first name that pops up would probably be Mike Trout for most. But the the second one's interesting because it's a. Uh, uh, it's somebody that we've tried to, to convince the front office to bring to Tampa for a while now, and, and they just never seem to be able to pull the trigger. So, uh, no, he's a great outfielder and is definitely somebody you want to model after if, uh, if you're going to pick one. So, uh, would you got anything planned for the rest of the day, or you're just going to chill until you head out to uh, down south? Uh, yeah, I got to work out. Um, I'm going to get off the phone here and probably go go eat something and go get a workout in and then uh, go swing a little bit. Awesome. And that's basically what I'll just be doing until I get in the car to go down. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for, for doing this interview. And I, I apologize if it was a little bit lengthy, but I uh, really appreciate it. Some good information in there, especially about Australia and your, uh, your upcoming season. 
And uh, we wish you the best of luck. We'll be monitoring your your progress. And uh, if you're up for it sometime in the middle of the season, we'll, we'll try to get a hold of you and do this again. Yeah, sure. Sounds good, man. All right. Thank you. Not a problem. And uh, good luck this season and, and from there on as well. Well, folks, there you have it. Matt Germain's interview with Rays prospect Garrett Whitley. That's going to do it for this episode of The Hit Show. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter. We are at The Hit Show. And you can also, of course, find out all the latest and greatest news about the Rays on DRaysBay.com. We'll see you next time. So long. <laughs>